0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Yay. Good Tuesday morning. Hey, huh. Key, hey, Jay. bottom line, it's 6 a.m., it's Tuesday morning, it's time for breakfast, and Ohio State was burnt toast. Woo! Okay, okay. Zubin coming out with the smoke you, you today.
2: spent all night long right now. Went okay. Okay.
1: I Zubin, well think, done
0: on the broadcast last night. Just want to give you your kudos. You, you did a hell of a job, brother.
1: Appreciate it. I actually think the birth toast thing is actually a little bit of an understatement. I thought it took it easy on him. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. We should also mention uh, Doug Peterson is toast, but that's another breakfast discussion for a little bit later uh, this morning. Uh, it's not a game unless it's the pregame, right? Fellas, tell me how you got ready for yet another lopsided Alabama championship.
2: Well, the pregame, you know, obviously, I mean, the, the game, I, I basically starved myself, fellas, yesterday getting ready for the game because, you know, it was an 8 o'clock game, and I'm usually typically eat dinner around 6 o'clock, so I had to Kind of sit tight, wait a little bit, and then I ordered myself some some Wingstop. Um, oh all yeah, all flats, extra crispy. You know, something lemon different. Pepper. Lemon, lemon pepper, lemon pepper Oh, yes, lemon pepper, Of course. Something's different about uh, something's different about that Wingstop stuff, though, man. It's like I don't know what it is, Jay. That ranch and them carrots and the celery sticks that snap to it. So I did all that. I got home, I picked it up, I ordered it, I went and picked it up. I got home. And then uh, I sat down, you know, five, six minutes before kickoff, you know. So I'm going to tear the bag open as I tear the bag open. Now I want to take my first wing. And now all of a sudden the damn dogs, here they go. They want to bark and go outside, you know. What kind of dogs you got, Key? uh, Multi-pools. My kids got two multi-pools. So (laughs) check this out, though, fellas. They're barking and scratching at the door, so I know it's time for me to walk them because they had already eaten. We usually walk them after they eat, so I I walked them. Did the whole block thing. Then I get back. They didn't do anything. They used the restroom, you know, but then I get back. They come downstairs, and 10 minutes into the game, they barking and scratching the door again. And I'm like, you know, this ain't, this not right. This ain't, it's it's like you in the middle of the game doing it on purpose. You know I'm watching the game and I'm trying to, yeah, all (laughs) that. I'm in the middle of the game, and you know my wings are there. They're already hot, but you want to go back outside in the freezing cold. It was just, like,
0: unbelievable. Key, I swear, if I was driving around Brooklyn and I saw you at 6'6", this strong wide receiver talking all these trash with these two little white fluffy dogs, you can't hide money, Key. That's what you, you cannot hide money, No, no, it's
2: not, it's not even that. Those are my kids' dogs. Those are your but, dogs. But, Those but, are your kids'
0: dogs that are your dogs, I can, I
2: do feel, I do, not that I am rich or anything like that, but I feel rich walking around with two big, fluffy white dogs in the neighborhood. You know, they, people know that it's okay. I'm safe. <laughs> they don't have to worry about, I, I got two nice dogs.
0: I have one question before we get to football. One question, and this is, this is a critical question, Pat, Brought it up on our tech shame. Do you let your dogs lick you on the mouth, kid?
2: No. Oh, some people let the dogs lick them on the mouth. No, I'm just man, asking. I, I you some, I'm not gonna turn. I'm not gonna turn it into that. Don't come nowhere near my face. Zubin, are you, are you? I don't even want these, you Zubin? licking my hands. Really,
1: it's gross. Zubin, I feel like you. You might be looking. You might allow this. Here's the thing. I've actually uh, never uh, had a pet. I'm 42. Never had a goldfish. Never had a hamster. Geez. Never had a dog or a cat. But I would never let that dog get near my face, ever.
0: Ever? Like, Not even ever. On, like, on, on the side of the cheek.
1: Wait, hold ever. on, man. You ain't never had a goldfish? Nothing. No, Not no a pet, pet at all? I'm, I'm single right now. I could use, like, you know, a pet to walk, walk the dog, take him out to the neighborhood. I never had a pet. From a goldfish to a rabbit to a dog to, to nothing. Never had a pet.
0: Key, we're going to have to get this man a pet. We're going to have to find this man something, a
1: durable something. I don't,
2: even know, I don't even know where to go with that, but I, I understand, Zubin, everybody is different and things, but, you know,
1: I get it. <laughs> Speaking of different, there is some sort of different sort of domination with Alabama. We were talking about this before the program. I know you want to key into a couple guys in particular. Obviously, Alabama's a small state. You've got to recruit nationally when you're Alabama, but this is where the rich – He's talking about being rich in Brooklyn. No, no, this no, no. no <laughs> the, 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 I didn't, that's Jay Will talking <laughs> to <multi-poos>, about that. Two multi-poos. <laughs> Two multi-poos. This is where the rich get richer, right? Devontae Smith from Louisiana, how they gotten out of there, who knows. Najee Harris is from California, the next great quarterback in yeah, Alabama. Yeah, should have been a Trojan. Yep, Bryce Young also from California. Should have been a Trojan. <laughs> Mac Jones is from Florida. And Jalen Waddlekey, you were wondering, he's from the Houston area in Texas. All over the country, the country's best team. They roll 52-24. And for Alabama in a span of eleven days, Key, two playoff wins, a Heisman trophy, and for Devontae Smith, that Heisman trophy winner, it'll be some kind of future, a three touchdown catch tonight, and now you just wonder what he might be at the next
2: level. Man, this dude is, is ridiculous, right? I just it is so it's so funny. I wish I could have watched the game with you guys because cause just seeing and understanding the offense and seeing what's coming and how how they line him up, I've seen it so many times throughout my career because this is Sark's playbook. This is Lane Kiffin's old playbook. This is the stuff that they used at Washington, USC, Tennessee. I mean, I just – I saw – when I saw Devontae come across the formation, stutter step in, in, in man coverage and lose the defender and shoot to the flat, first thing I said, oh, he getting ready to go to the flat. Bam, touchdown. You know when you see what's getting ready to happen. And he's a terrific young man. You mentioned a next level. The mm-hmm. interesting thing about it is with who he is and his style of play, he's got to go to the right system to excel at the elite level like he is at Alabama. Because the wide receiver position in the pros or even in, even in college to a degree, you depend on so many positive things that happen for you. He's got to go to the right system. He can't get lost with a bum quarterback or bum offensive coordinator because that amazing talent that we saw on display last night will be lost in the wash. He reminds me of Marvin Harrison, um, to a degree Hollywood Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, smaller frames with crazy quicks and speed, but he's got to be in the right system because his size will not allow him To just plug into any system and dominate the pros. You know, college coaches tend to know what to do with individual talent and individual matchups. My guy is better than your guy. Imano, Imano. I'm going to take advantage of your defensive back with my wide receiver. In the pros, that's not the case. In the pros, they're trying to run their system. It's such a chess game where in the pro, in college, I can look across the line of scrimmage and say, my dude, way better than yours. You ain't got a chance. And, and, and do exactly what Alabama did last night, where in the pros, everybody is good. So you've got to kind of scheme things a little bit different. But he's going to have an amazing uh, career in the NFL, because I think with that type of talent, you can't do anything but force yourself to, to, to get him to football in certain situations.
0: And, Key, right from the beginning of the game, you just thought, oh, can Ohio State keep up with this pace with the way that Mac Jones and his Alabama offense is scoring the ball, right? Like, they tried short zone. They tried man-to-man, two deep, three deep. It didn't matter. Their secondary could not hold Devontae Smith at all. I mean, his first-half stats for 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns, that's more TDs and total yards than Ohio State had in the entire first half. His stat line alone, Zubin. Now, will it translate automatically to the pros? I think it will, but we talk about this. There are only a certain few players that it doesn't matter what team they go to at the next level key where that's going to translate. For 95% of top draft picks, it depends upon the situation and who you're surrounded with, and I think that's going to be the same for Devontae Smith.
2: They just got to know that he's a talent, and they got to get him to football if they want to keep their job.
1: Last word goes to Chris and We didn't Fowler. make
0: mention of Najee Harris, Zubin. You know, yeah. We didn't make mention of him.
1: He was amazing. It's not the uh, 2020 vision, but it is the 2020. Devontae going for more than 20 touchdowns receiving and Najee 20 on the ground. Both were electric last night. Last word to Chris Fowler, who called the game, and I couldn't agree more. He's calling the biggest sports for us team wise. He's calling the biggest sports for us individually in tennis. And he said in the year 2020, whether you're a part of a team sport or you're an individual champion, that a championship in 2020, when you look back at it 20 years from now, there will be no asterisks because in the word of Fowler, and I agree with him, you get the trophy for winning, but you also should receive another trophy for overcoming all of the adversity Mm -hmm. you would have to, to get there. So a championship for Nick Saban, his seventh, and this one, obviously in a year unlike any other. And you could tell if you heard Saban last night after the game in his voice, how proud he was Of this team, I say this tongue planted firmly in cheek. He almost seemed happy and satisfied for a small moment. You know I had to go to the cliche there before we ended the first segment. It's the last chance here for college football until we resume. On the way, Nick Saban is 69 years old. When will this domination stop? At the age of 69, believe it or not, there is no end in sight. We'll talk about it next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: It's just simple. You got the greatest guy ever to coach college football.
1: Seven national championships. That's more than
2: any coach that has ever done it. I'm just happy that we won tonight. I don't think anybody really compares to Coach Bryant. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
1: Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast.
4: Huh.
2: That's yeah, fair yeah, enough. That, that is true. He, but Key, he, fair did, point. after you, USC went there, did
1: something to him. That's true. That's true. That caused Bear Bryant to recruit perhaps a little bit differently. Look into your college football history for that. Keyshawn Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. He's obviously genuflecting a little bit there. Sabin, being humble bragging when compared to Bear Bryant. But there is one comparison. And that is if you go down to Bryant-Denny Stadium right next to the statue, the bronze statue of Paul Bear Bryant, you'll notice is a statue of Nick Sabin. Saban, at the age of 69, wins that seventh championship. You heard Allison Williams ask him there, what does it mean? He tried to deflect it, but key, think about it. He's 69 years old. I heard this last night. Um, There was an old joke that sometimes when Nick Saban got into the national championship game, he got upset. Because it cut into his recruiting time. You know, I can't recruit. I got to go coach this team and win another championship. By the way, next year the top three receivers in the state of Florida, Key, talent-rich Florida, all three have committed to Alabama. What
2: did, what, what, what did I say? Florida what, Key, you said what, it during the break. What did yeah? I say? I was like, <laughs> you, you asked me, Jay, will, if this could potentially be, you know, a uh, uh, next year be a down year for them. And I'm like, no, because they get ready to get some dudes out of Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana. The entire secondary is from the South Florida area. So you want to know why Florida State and Miami to a degree is down because teams like Alabama go into a rich state, pluck their top talent and bring them to Alabama and the guys go on to the next level. That That is the... The, the, the key part of his recruitment is that he can point to a number of players that come from your particular area and say, well, your goal is to go to the National Football League. Here you go. Here's an example. And that's just – it's almost like Duke basketball, right? I mean, not, not the numbers, but the success. I can point to a uh, Jay Will coming out of New Jersey – and I could double back down if I'm Mike Shoshewski and go get a Kyrie Irving. I mean, it's just that's what happens. It's a factory.
0: Here's key, here's why I love Nick Saban. So I got a chance to go down there and speak to their team. This is when Jalen Hurts was there. And one of the first things he said to his team before I spoke was, We do not give into success. We do not give into it. Like it's that that mentality where each and every year, and we feel like he still has a long runway left. Watching him celebrate last night and understanding of being around guys like Gino Ariema, being around guys like Greg Popovich, you know, I know you spent a lot of time around Bill Belichick, Coach K. It's like they celebrate. Like last night, I'm sure they celebrated. And then I'm sure today it's like, what's a recruiting look like in, in 2023, 2024? It's their ability to go to the next place so fast and to not really bask in the celebration, the way everybody stereotypically does like, Oh, take a month off, just enjoy it. They don't know how to enjoy it because they're always about fine tuning and getting better. It's a relentless approach. And for some people it can be tiring. It can be relentless, but when you live your life this way, you don't know any different. And that's the standard of success that Nick Saban has each and every day. And that's why, man, it's scary what he can do Bear Bryant I know is the guy and I know Nick Saban will always pay homage key but, like, Nick Saban's going to do something so special, he's going to be one of the greatest to ever, ever, ever do it.
2: Well, right now he is the greatest to ever do it. He's And so I know, like you said, Bear Bryant, and he's going to pay homage to that. But his attention to detail is ridiculous, right? I mean, like, if you've ever gone to Alabama and had an opportunity to, to, to be around the program and understand what the program is um, – you know, when you look at the NFL, Jay, it's huge. It's a, it's a huge organization. There's different wings with different responsibilities. Imagine an NFL organization dropping – now I'm talking about only football, not the mm-hmm. entire college athletic department. I'm talking about only football where you take the New England Patriots. I'm going to use them as an example. And you drop the New England Patriots in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Everything from the scouting department to the the analysts, all of those sort of things. Nick Saban created that in college football, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when he came back to Alabama from the Miami Dolphins. He implemented a program that mirrors what they do in the scouting department in the NFL. I mean he literally legitimately has scouts that are called analysts and not only not only are they scouting pre-scouting teams and advanced scouting they're also advanced scouting talent and they take a net and cast it across the entire United States and all the way up into Canada looking for players and so there's it's 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 crazy because coaches that have had Mile to little success that have been fired. The first thing they do is pick up the phone and try to get a job as an analyst at University of Alabama and Nick Saban's staff. I mean, or you Bill, just Bill
0: O'Brien online too. Key, Bill O'Brien online too.
2: Oh yeah, well yeah, Bill Bill O'Brien, whoever they that is exactly what happens. You think about it. Whether it's Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Loxy, uh, Charlie Strom, Butch Jones. I mean, you could just go on and on and on about a list of characters that have gone to Alabama for second chances and third chances after they've been fired to get jobs again and learn how to become a real college football coach.
1: Zubin, he
0: is the CEO of the greatest machine in all of college football. Kiss
1: the ring, baby! It's a Fortune 500 football operation, that's for sure. Real quick, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's one stat I want to mention and get your fellas' thoughts on it, because people aren't thinking about this. Believe it or not, Saban's been on the job now 14 years at Alabama and all the championships and all the domination. This was only his second... Undefeated team, his 09 team, which is actually his first championship team, quarterback by our old colleague here, Greg McElroy. They were fourteen and zero, but with all due respect to the O nine team and Greg, nobody thinks that that undefeated team is even close to this undefeated team. So, fellas, how about that? Saban bookending his Alabama championships: two thousand nine for his first, two thousand twenty for his latest. Both of them undefeated teams, but in his entire run only two undefeated squads, and I think if you stack this one up against the first one key, there is no question this is the most dominant team uh-huh. he has had, and the goose egg in the lost column proves it.
2: I, you know, I, I, I don't remember the team, right? They won a championship. That's all I know. I don't remember the actual team and what players were on it, but if you go undefeated and you win a national title, I don't give a damn what anybody say about another team being better. I you can have that argument all day long. Who's the best team to ever play college football? Who's the best team to ever face the camp, uh, be on the campus in Tuscaloosa? I mean, you can have that argument, and, and it would still not be settled because they haven't played each other.
0: So, I think, this is one of, I think this is probably the greatest offensive Alabama team he's ever had. Uh, defensively, I think they showed a, a ton of improvement throughout the course of the year. I mean, they've had seven games where they've scored 50 or more plus points.
2: You you know you seven get, games. You get lost trying to figure out what Alabama has been and what Alabama is. I just know they win a lot of damn games. <laughs> That's what I do know.
1: That's a fact. Everybody can agree. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, obviously, the legendary status of Nick Saban is cemented. Jay, of course, played for a college basketball legend in Coach K. He knows Nick Saban. He just mentioned a few minutes ago he had an opportunity to go down to speak with the team. So, Jay having that insight, rubbing elbows with guys like Nick Saban, playing for guys like Coach K, who are Jay's top five active coaches in all of sports? He will unveil it five to one later this morning. On the way, I'm going to guess one of those five is not Doug Peterson. He is looking Jeez. for – it's just a fact, Keith. <laughs> it's just a fact. He's Zingers out. Zingers by Zubin. I love it. <laughs> so what does it mean for Wentz? What does it mean for Hertz? And who might be next? That's on the way.
4: Doug Peterson has been fired as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: When it looks like you're not competing at the end of the season, when it seems that you've given up on your team, I just think a total failure by this team. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin.
3: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot We all know breakfast is an important
1: part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. There was no lack of opinion on what happened yesterday to Doug Peterson. There were some jaws still being picked up after they hit the floor. It wasn't a great season, but let's remember, he's the only Super Bowl winning coach in franchise history. Let's talk about it. Will Sal Palantonio, ESPN, NFL reporter, and the single reporter closer to the Eagles than anybody out there. Big Sal, cousin Sal. The beat, and he joins us this morning. (laughs) Sal, before we jump into it, I want you to take a listen to what you said on our show back on December 1st and I know that's way back in 2020 a million years ago for most people just a reminder Sal came on our show on a Monday morning the previous day the Eagles had lost to the Seahawks to fall to 3-7 and 1 on the season they finished at 4-11 and 1 here's what Sal said that Monday morning 5 wins doesn't make the playoffs, he probably
4: survives. I don't think he survives three or four. I don't. Mm. I just don't. I think it'll be mm. too hot. I really do. Agreed. I think it'll be too hot. Morning, Sal. How you doing, bud? <laughs> well, boy, oh, boy, sometimes you get it right, I guess. But I had a, I just, just knew that it was going to be very difficult for this ownership to bring back Doug Peterson if they only got three or four wins. And when you look at it, gentlemen, I mean – They had a four-win season. They finished fourth place in the worst division in football. Three of the wins came against backup quarterbacks, and the fourth when the quarterback fell down and a Pro Bowl tight end dropped a game-sealing pass. So they looked really bad pretty much in every game and were spared in four games only because the other team was worse.
2: You know, they they were 4-11. and You did get it right. But what's your true reaction to the firing of Doug Peterson after a Super Bowl victory three years ago, a couple playoff appearances in a pandemic?
4: My reaction is the same
2: as everybody else's reaction pretty
4: much in Philadelphia, Key. A mixture of sadness and shock. And you just hit the nail on the head. This man... Three years ago, brought a Super Bowl title, brought the Lombardi Trophy to Philadelphia after decades. And you know what it's like here on the I-95 corridor better than anybody. After decades of ineptness an and failure and disappointment, epic disappointment. And he brought that Super Bowl title. He brought that Lombardi Trophy. He brought that parade to Broad Street. I covered it with Kevin Nagandhi on sports Center, and it was really one of the highlights of my career, not because I'm an Eagles fan, I'm not, but because I know these Eagles fans, and they are the most passionate fans in the country. It's not sports here, Key. As you know, it's a way of life. You saw you were in Veterans Stadium when you beat the Eagles and shut down Veterans Stadium in the NFC Championship game, and it sounded like it was the... Lunar landscape, you could hear a pin drop. The place was totally silent because people were in shock. And I think this morning there's the same level of shock because people do really like Doug Peterson in this town. They love him. But now where do you go from here? Why why would you want this job? I, I asked you that question somewhat facetiously and somewhat rhetorically, but it's also true. You have an expensive and aging roster, absent of really any game changing talent with the possible exception of Miles Sanders. The two Jalen's, Rieger and Hertz, totally unproven. Your offensive line is broken. You used a league high three thirteen offensive line combinations. Thirteen offensive line combinations in twenty twenty. You have a GM who made a hundred and thirty six million dollar mistake and kept his job. You're in salary cap hell you're handing the new head coach a qu- quarterback controversy I I, I I don't know whether this is an, an attractive job I, I realize it's one of 32 yeah. and someone wants it and someone will take it but it's
2: really a tough job to take Sal, Sal let's point the finger now who's the blame let's point the finger somebody's got to be the blame right?
4: Yep, somebody's got to be the blame, and everybody will say, well, it was organizational because they made these decisions together. But I think it comes down to personnel decisions and salary decisions. And I think that's where you have to point the finger at the front office.
0: Well, then, Sal, how, how does Howie Roseman get a pass?
4: I don't know, man. Hey, Jay. Listen, if you or I were the CEO of a corporation and we made a hundred and thirty-six million dollar mistake, we we'd be out on our ear.
0: Uh, I, I I just don't I, I don't understand, and it, it seems the more and more we hear about this, Doug Peterson becomes the sacrificial lamb. Well, what does this even mean for Carson Wentz? Is Carson Wentz a part of their future moving forward? Well, the first
4: question that owner Jeffrey Lurie has to have with any head coaching candidate is, what are we doing about the quarterback situation? And if I'm the head coach, my question back to him is, what are you doing about Carson Wentz? Are we trying to fix him or are we trying to trade him? And that is an organizational decision, right? Lurie can't ask the next head coach to solve that problem. The head coach needs to know the answer to that going in. So let's, you know, let's keep it real here, right? Because it's Philly, and we don't want to do sort of absent-minded speculation. Because this is not a college classroom. This is sports talk radio, and you know, uh, ESPN. And you got me on. So let's talk some real stuff here. Who's going to come in here? Are you telling me it's Mike Kafka, the quarterbacks coach in Kansas City? Andy Reid and Jeffrey Lurie talk all the time. Is it Eric Biennemi, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, natural fit? Is it Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator in Buffalo, who's a Bob Lamont client, and so is Howie Roseman. And as you know, Bob Lamont likes to twin the GM and the coach together in the same building. But I'm hearing that Brian Dayball has serious interest with the Jets and with the Chargers. Is it Deuce Staley? He's in the building. He deserves a very, very close look. Uh, he's well-liked and respected on, uh, in that locker room and by the ownership. So is it is it Lincoln Riley? Do you go outside the box? And do you ask Lincoln Riley, who coached Jalen Hurts to such a claim in Oklahoma, hey, Can I roll a $12 million a year check at you like like Jacksonville is going to do with Urban Meyer? And will you come out of Oklahoma and coach this football team? I don't think that he will. I think it's a major long shot. But, you know, that's the question that the coach is going to ask the owner, Jay, is, all right, this is on you. If you want to hand me this football team, you have to make this call on the quarterback. And you listened to Jeffrey Lurie yesterday, and he had a whole lot of doublespeak. Mm-hmm. There was a whole lot. There was a whole lot of let me let me rephrase that to be charitable about it. There was a whole lot of natural what we call natural ambiguity. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> you know. So you know he he said that Doug Peterson didn't deserve to be let go, and then he let him go.
2: Yeah, I saw that. He re-
4: yeah, and you refer to Carson Wentz as a quote-unquote asset. When your boss refers to you as
2: an asset, what does that mean to you? Yeah, you'll probably be on the move. Sal Palantonio joined us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. So we tried to find the Eagles ahead, Coach Sal. Let's find the New York Jets one. Is it Doug Peterson? Is he headed down I-95 to Florham Park? <laughs>
4: Hey man, I've done a. I have done enough traveling on the New Jersey Turnpike to know key that it's north of Philly. So we're gonna say,
0: uh, we're gonna say <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm He's from LA, down. Sal. He's I'm from LA, down. Sal. It's okay. I,
2: same King, thing to me. King, I, <laughs> I have worn out my Easy Pass over twenty five years. I was going years. to say the Easy Pass is too much for me. <laughs>
4: Hey <laughs> anyway, what Easy Pass is one of the greatest inventions mankind has ever known when you don't have to be in those toll booths at I on, on the Jersey turnpike. But listen, um I don't think so. I I don't. I I think it I think it's gonna be someone like Brian Dayball. I think here's another thing a factor with Doug Peterson, with the New York metropolitan area. Again, we all know it very well. It's hot right now over the way the Eagles season ended. Now, I realize there are Giants fans and there are Jets fans, but man, oh man, there's a whole lot of Giants fans in New Jersey, more than Jets fans. And I don't know if Doug Peterson wants to come into that kind of red-hot environment where he has to answer questions about whether it was a tank or not that kept the Giants out of the playoffs and put the Washington football team in it.
2: Say, real quick before I let you go, let me ask you this about the tank. Okay, it's weird to me that a guy goes from 9 to 6 because he decides that he's going to, let's call it a tank. He's going to tank it. Was that an organization decision or was that a Doug Peterson decision? Because then he gets fired a week and a half later.
4: I don't have an answer for that.
2: Uh, It
4: it was really one of the most – uh, shocking endings to a season that I've ever seen. And that I p- think people who watch football and care about the game, um, it uh, people are just, and I don't know if it was a quote-unquote tank. All I know is it looked like one. Yeah. And people, people, you know, listen, the players, it's about the players. It's always, I've always believed it's always about the players. And I know the players are angry about the way it ended. All you had to do, Keith, is look at young man Jalen Hurts' face on the sideline. He was perplexed about what happened and how it happened and when it happened. That he was pulled for the game in in favor of Nate Sudfeld. You look at his face and he's like, it's almost like the look on his face was like, man, what did I get myself into and how do I get out of it?
1: Mm. it's a great point the three words if you were lip reading that surreal sunday night game 256 the final game of the nfl regular season that turned out to be in some ways the final nail in the coffin for doug peterson you heard jalen say on the sideline that's not right and from what i'm hearing from sal philly fans are torn that's not right should doug peterson be gone we're not sure he is and the eagles are moving on with more questions and answers sal thank you very much Thanks, cousin Sam. Hey, man. Hey. Yeah, thank
2: you so much. All Appreciate right. you. Hey, Jay. Yo. You know the i nInety five for me is like you from here. You don't even know where Brooklyn is at, but same Stop thing. It. You know. Stop it. I, no, I Stop. I actually <laughs> no. I'm thinking when I'm looking at the map, we going north. Is that not correct?
0: Yeah, but you said down. So down. When oh you yeah, first down. South. That yeah. My
2: bad. Okay. <laughs> no, because you, you know it. why I say down. I think because I'm here. And you have to go down down to, to Philly, down, yeah. down to the Jersey area from here. You go down. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. why I said down. I'm like, wait a minute, man. I know my geographic map ain't thrown off like that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's 2021 key. Just just turn on your phone. Right. And just <laughs> have maps take you wherever you need to go. A
0: disorienting <laughs> year, Zubin. Disorienting <laughs> year.
2: He's going to call me out, though. <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: I wasn't going to say anything. I'm like, damn, so. <laughs> yeah. OK.
2: That's my guy, though, man. Sal, Be Sal, Sal is 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 my guy. He 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 gets it all, he gets it, he gets it right. And the interesting thing about the beginning of the uh, the show when we got Sal on the segment is that he said four wins is not gonna get it done. He had that back then. He had think about it. He had that back then if four wins wasn't going to get it done.
0: Keith, can I say one thing? You know, you asked Sal that last question about tanking the game. That had to come from management. Right, I, there's, there's, I, I mean, I don't, don't know. We could, don't know. Could Doug Peterson just make that decision on his own? Like, hey, we want the sixth pick. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I mean, you have maybe, to get some approval so, from Howie Roseman, right?
2: If he, Maybe he was secure in his position and he felt like, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm the head coach. I'll do what I want to do. Or maybe he said, doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to be out of here. And I got a couple years left on my contract and they fire me. I'm going to get my money. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he's happy that he's not the Philadelphia Eagles coach. Sometimes, you know, we look at it and we like, oh, man, it's only one of 32 jobs. But sometimes those one of 32 jobs is so miserable, but you don't want to give up the money. But you also don't want to stay and be the coach. So the best thing to do is just get terminated so you can still get your money if you don't get another head coaching job.
1: And that money is going to be the tune of $6 million to not coach. I want to just say the juxtaposition of the statement. You kind of mentioned the Jeffrey Lurie statement. Key, it is a little mind-boggling. I want to go into a couple of things that he essentially said in the statement, we look forward to putting Doug into the Eagles' ring of honor. And then like three sentences later, but we think we've got to part ways with him right now. So one day he'll be an immortal inside of our stadium. But, bro, you got to go right now. A couple things I want to bring up with regards but to how But
2: both could be go. right, though, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Both, yeah. It's
1: just tough. It's just Will weird to see it. It's just weird to see it all in the same statement. In a statement. statement. In <laughs> this,
0: exactly, Zubin. In the same, you know, four-paragraph statement. Yeah.
1: Another couple things I want to mention, and I really want to get your thoughts on this, because this brings Eric Biennemi into the mix, and this is an aspect that not a lot of people are talking about. First things first, Howie Roseman, the executive vice president. Jay, you mentioned, how could he still have a gig? Always remember, this is Howie's second go-around running the organization. If you'll remember, when Chip Kelly came in, yeah. he lost a power struggle to Chip Kelly. They decided we're going with Chip. Obviously, that didn't work out. Howie went over to the business side of the operation. He didn't leave the Eagles, but it's an ego drop when you're running personnel, drafting players, and then they tell you you're running the business side of the operation, and then he comes back after they let go of Chip. So, this is his second go-around. just 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 wonder what the rope is going to be and how much he's going to get knowing this is take
2: two. Maybe he should go back to the business side, (laughs) right? I mean, and if I'm Eric bien I'm cool. It's only 1-32, but I'm going to take my shot at the Chargers job. I'm going to take my shot at some other organizations, Atlanta. I mean, that because I don't want to deal with Philly. I don't want to deal with the Eagles, and clearly Sal laid it out from the salary cap structure to players that you – Overvaluing in the draft that you selected that can't play dead in a cowboy movie. So you, you make sure that you got the right situation. If you Eric B and me, don't just take a job to take a job real quick. Key, Jay, if I'm we'll EB,
0: I don't even know if I'm, if I'm looking at other jobs. I mean, I'd much rather stay at Kansas city before I go to the Eagles, just got stay it. there and be the highest paid OC and just continue to coach Patrick Mahomes.
2: Th- that's what I say. That's why I say, just make sure it's the right situation.
1: Yes. Also remember, you got to strike while the iron is hot. One sub, you know, amazing season for Mahomes. You're kind of tied to the hip if you're basically being interviewed by almost every team except for the Texans. That's out there. Sometimes it's difficult to not be one of those 32. There is something to be said for being one of those no 32, question. right? But I'll
2: take my chance with Patrick Mahomes having a subpar season. No, no, I,
1: you what, know, What Deshaun Watson? What Deshaun? Right. You, you guys didn't interview the enemy. Okay. Anything could happen, right? I mean, anything could happen in the NFL. I mean, look, Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl three years ago. He's the first coach in almost 50 years to be dismissed three years or less from winning the Super Bowl. So the fact that you can just sit there and say, I'm just going to be sit here comfortably. I'm Eric Enemy, I got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, think about where we would be if we had this conversation in 2017 and we said to ourselves, you know, in early 2021, they're going to blow out Doug Peterson. Nobody would have thought that would have been the case. So you just got to be really careful no, with what a you're asking No, that's the
2: question for. you have to be careful. But think about Josh McDaniels. He took the Denver job, which was early on. But since then, he's had every single year an opportunity to be a head coach, and he's passed to sit tight in New England, just because it wasn't the right situation, you don't just take a job to take a job. And I would hate for a guy like Eric Bieniemy to just take a job to take a job, like you almost begging to be a head coach. Just sit. If it if it's Philly, let's say for instance, it's Philly. There, you can't possibly have success given the the things that Sal just laid out from the salary cap to bad drafting to Howie Roseman. I wouldn't trust that. Keith- Key,
0: let's call it exactly what it is. It, it's probably going to be an OC, right? Not not as big labeled as Eric enemy, But if you come into the Eagles situation, it does feel like you are going to be a puppet. It does feel like people are going, this is how you dance, and this is what we want you to do. That's a really weird, awkward position to be in.
1: One thing people are not talking about, this could be small, but Key, you tell me, obviously you've been in locker rooms. This is something people didn't think about. Eric Biennemi, his last team as a player, he actually was a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles yeah, back right. in 1999. Actually, the head coach so at that time ago. was Andy Reid. Obviously, now he's been with Reid since 2013, and Reid is trying to make sure he gets that promotion to be the next Kansas City assistant coach to get a job. But key, there is some familiarity there, familiarity there with the Eagles organization as Bieni did end his career as a running back in Green.
2: Yeah, that I mean, he was there for a cup of coffee, right? I mean, it wasn't like he—it's not like he was Deuce Staley. Um, I think the Philadelphia Eagle job, and I would love to see Deuce Staley get it. It makes all the sense in the world for a guy like that to get it. He knows the organization in and out. He's been a lifelong Philadelphia Eagle, and I think that that to me, that's perfect. Let let Deuce Staley have that job because you can have patience with him on a rebuild, a reorganization, so to speak, of the organization, and try and have some success where a guy like Eric Bieniemy. Should be able to go to a team that's ready to pop, like the Chargers. The L.A. Chargers are ready to pop right now. They're they're nice. It's like one of them big juicy ones that you could just stick a pin in. Key, you
0: are a head coaching candidate, understanding both franchises and their management, both in weird places. The Houston Texans with Nick Casario, and and Jack, uh, you know, B, the way he wants to really control things, and Eagles. Which job do you take?
2: I'm going to Philly.
0: You're going to Philly over Houston?
2: Yeah. I'm going to Philly. Okay.
1: We'll see what happens. We're waiting for those openings to be filled. The Eagles is the latest to be out there. Very, very interesting. On the way, there have been amazing stats about Nick Saban after winning championship number seven. I promise you join us at the top of the hour. I'll give you the best Saban stat you've ever heard.